So to know that this man who mistreated me, disrespected me, um, basically destroyed my self-worth over the years, just immediately found somebody, you know, and that, that was, that was really hard. But then when he, and then I kind of came to terms with it. Okay. This is what it is. If you know, we're going to, I'm going to move on with my life. He's moving on with his life. I don't want to be with him anyway. I don't want to be with him. But then he introduced them to my, introduced her to my kids. And that just ripped my heart out all over again. Welcome to the Heavy Pages Podcast, a guiding light for women facing the paralyzing challenges of an unwanted separation. If you're feeling frozen by the weight of heartbreak or the uncertainty of a crumbling relationship, you're not alone. I'm Josie, your host and a separation survival specialist because I've been where you are, overwhelmed, emotionally stuck, and unsure of what lies ahead. But here's the truth. Healing and empowerment are within your reach. Together, we'll shatter the chains of paralysis, embrace this journey, and pave the way to your new future. So it's time to step forward, find your strength, and rewrite your story. Because the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Now, before we start today's episode, please consider taking a moment to click that subscribe button. And with that, here we go. Hello and a warm welcome to today's chapter checkup session, where we will be hearing from another courageous woman as she shares her transformative journey from devastated to divorce. And we'll be using the five chapters of my program as the guide. If you're curious about these chapters and how they align with your personal journey, don't forget to visit heavypagespodcast.com for your free chapter checklist. And with that, here's today's interview. Okay. Hello. Welcome, uh, Jessica. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you being willing to come on and uh, share a little about your journey. So to get started, um, you have children? Yes. Two, gir- two girls, seven and 10. Seven and 10. Okay. Uh, and tell me just a little bit about you. Um, I... I am in my 40s. I am a teacher. I um, was married for 12 years and have been divorced for about two years. If you want to take it from the day he moved out and the agreement was signed, it's about two years. So let's get a little backstory here. Well, first I will say you did um, take a listen to the series on my podcast yes. um, from Devastated to Divorce, and you felt like you can relate to some of the um, the chapters in that guide? Yes. Excellent. Okay. So we will start with asking, how did you meet your ex-husband? Um, at a bar, but he didn't just pick me up at a bar. <laughs> it was through mutual friends. But we were out. It was actually, we were out for my birthday when I met him. And how long did you date? We dated for a year and a half and he proposed. And then we had about a year and a half engagement and then we got married. So it was pretty, it was pretty quick. Okay. And uh, you just uh, said that you were married 12 years before divorce. Yes. 
So let's talk about um, that. How did you feel up before the divorce? Did you feel like in our chapter one, were you blissfully unaware or were you subconsciously aware that there, you know, may have been some issues in the... Oh, I was, I was aware. I was very aware. I think he was very aware also that there were problems in our marriage. We tried to fix it, um, tried two rounds of counseling, um, and I, I got to the point where I just couldn't, I couldn't be in that, in the relationship anymore. It was just too hurtful and painful and probably unhealthy for me. So, um, I would say the beginning of my marriage, I was blissfully unaware that there were problems. Um, but the last several years, no. So whose suggestion was it to get the separation? I think I finally pulled the trigger, but he had threatened it several times before that. Okay. I I would say it was more or less a mutual decision that took a long time to be made. Then we would say that you probably... Well, how do you feel? Do you feel that even though it was kind of a mutual decision, did you spend some time in chapter two, which is, you know, blindsided and devastated? I th- I think I was blindsided and devastated by how much more difficult he became during the divorce pro- process. Um, I knew it was going to be difficult but I did not expect the nastiness and the vindictiveness and the, it honestly didn't take as long as, I mean, I've heard some horror stories, but it didn't take as long as, you know, many other divorces, but it was really nasty. And it was, it was really devastating um, to go from feeling this sense of kind of relief that I had, we had finally made this decision to, oh my gosh, is my life going to be hell from now on out because this is the way we're going to be acting towards each other and is it ever going to be an amicable situation or, you know, am I just going to get screwed and, and be treated this way for the rest of my life, you know? So that was that was definitely, the I think, the devastating part. Right. I, I ha- A friend of mine said this quote once and she might have heard it somewhere, but she... I remember her saying that you can divorce a bad marriage, but you can't divorce a bad divorce. Yeah. So you're like, you know, unfortunately, sometimes after that, it's like, how do I get out of this? I'm already out of this. But when you have children, you're, you know, for a long time, you're not exactly out of it. Okay. Um, So do you think that he was that way because he was, um, because he didn't, I know you said it was mutual, but do you, does, was he like that maybe because he was un- unhappy that it happened or i i think i think he was more unhappy with the the situation he was going to now be in which was financially surviving on his own um i don't think he cared that much about not seeing the kids as much in fact he's since cut back his parenting time um so i don't think that was upsetting for him. I think the whole starting over and the financial burden of the divorce probably devastated him to which he blamed me for, you know, he blamed me. He still to this day blames me for being in the situation that he's in yet. I was willing to go to counseling. I was willing to fight to fix our marriage and he wasn't. And he was the one who was more or less emotionally abusing me. So 
you know, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, you know, I should be blamed for being in him being in this situation, right? If anything, we both let us, we both caused the situation that is we're in, you know? Right. And he would need to take some sort of accountability. He can't just mm-hmm. put it all on your shoulders. Right. You know, cause no, nobody's perfect. We all know this. We all acknowledge this or most of us try to. So yeah, it's, it can't be all you know, one-sided for sure. Right. And so you are officially divorced. Yes. It was official. Yeah. In February of 2021, it was official. And so, um, I think that I asked which of the chapters you related to the most. So yeah, you mentioned, uh, that chapter four, which is it's over now, what, and, uh, chapter five, they both, seemed like or chapter five now divorced and beyond seemed like roller coaster rides yeah to you. so mm. tell me a little about that so the the divorce now what um I definitely still feel like I'm in that phase even though it's been almost you know more or less two years um because the now what seems to keep changing um you know I went from feeling relief to feeling um devastated by the whole process to feeling somewhat at peace with it. Like I'm going to move on. This is, you know, my new life and I'm going to make the best of it. And there were some other struggles in there with work and the kids and everything, but I felt like I was on a forward path. And then he's, you know, I was, I was just starting to date and he immediately found somebody and that changed my whole outlook on things of the now what, then I had to juggle my kids meeting this woman. And, and then I found myself having to give up the job I was in to go back to a full-time job because um, I was working three part-time jobs, which I was very happy in, to go back to a full-time job that I didn't really want to do. Um, not that I'm opposed to working full-time. I, I work hard, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do, but I needed to. And so it's been a roller coaster of now what? I don't know. I'm still trying to find the now what, you know, is it, is, am I meant to find someone else? Am I meant to do this job or meant, meant to do something else? And it's, it's been very difficult. And, um, you know, the divorced and beyond, it's like, I, I hope that someday, I will get to a place where I can say I am so much happier because that was the ultimate goal. Right. You know, but I'm certainly not there yet. Tell me the sep- from between the separation and divorce, how long has it been? Like when did you separate and and well, we decided to divorce in July of 2020. So right in the midst of the pandemic, which right. was also very challenging. I'm sure. Um, locked in a house together. <laughs> and then he didn't move out until December. He moved out in December of 2020. That's when we signed the agreement. And then it was finalized in February of 21. So it was less than a year from the day we said divorce to the day it was finalized. It was less than a year. It was pretty quick. Um, right. So, um I don't know, it's been it's been over two years since we decided to divorce. Um, gotcha. And about two, almost exactly two, since he moved. So you told me that he started dating. So you were kind of thinking about dating, but then he started dating, and that kind of 
pushed you back? Maybe, to, um, yeah. What, how did that work for you? So like in the fall of 2021, I decided, you know what, I will, I'm, I'm willing to start dabbling in the idea of dating. I went on a few dating apps in probably October of 21 and, you know, I went on a few dates. I met a guy, I dated for a little while and then it just, it didn't work. So I broke it off and that's right around the time he went on a dating app. And I only knew this because my sister oddly was asking him about his dating life, which was just very (laughs) bizarre. But, um, I know he started the dating app right around Thanksgiving and he met this woman in early December and they've been together a year. So to know that this man who mistreated me, disrespected me, um, basically destroyed my self-worth over the years, just immediately found somebody, you know, and that, that was, that was really hard. But then when he, and then I kind of came to terms with it. Okay. This is what it is. If you know, we're going to, I'm going to move on with my life. He's moving on with his life. I don't want to be with him anyway. I don't want to be with him. Right. But then he introduced them to my, introduced her to my kids and that just ripped my heart out all over again. Right. You know, and this is the new reality. Um, then he went and he cut his parenting time back, which I can't, can't um, pretend doesn't have something to do with the new girlfriend <laughs> and wanting of to see course. her more on, on the weekends. Um, so it's just been, it's been a tough pill to swallow, you know, and then after me having several more dating disasters, I just decided to stop. <laughs> For now, at least. Right, of Um, course. It's not not serving me any any positive good right now, so. Right, right. Certainly that makes sense. I mean, I do hear some horror stories about, you know, dating now and the dating apps and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's it's pretty scary out there. It is. It's so much harder than it used to be to Mm -hmm. find that one person. Mm -hmm. Um, Does he pay his child support? He does. Okay. What was supposed to be the the visitation? What did he have every other weekend, one night a week? No, originally, so he he also chose to move 40 minutes away, which made sharing weekdays virtually impossible. Right. Um, So the agreement was, and he told me very early on, I'm not renting. I can't afford to buy in your area, so I'm moving this distance away. You know, so I said, okay, well, I guess I'm taking weekdays because we wanted them to stay in the school district they're in, especially in the middle of a pandemic um, where they really didn't have any social outlet at the time. So um, we decided I would do Monday through Fridays and he was going to do three weekends a month, three weekends a month and including holidays, school breaks, summer. I think it was something like 24 extra days throughout the year. Um, he cut that back to every other weekend and 15 extra days throughout the year. That includes the summer. So I now have, and he told me it was because he quote, couldn't get anything done. (laughs) 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 So here I am. I have the kids Monday through Friday, every other weekend, and I will have them almost the entire summer. Um, and that's and the you're way. getting stuff done, aren't you? You're getting oh, I'm, stuff I'm done. I'm getting a lot done. I'm getting a lot done. I, you know, I have no choice. So right, right. 
That's the difficult part is when they unfortunately take the choice. And I know it could be, I know it could always be worse. I know there's dads who don't see their children, who are not involved, who don't pay their child support, who don't pay their alimony, whatever the case may be. But it still hurts me for my children. That it's your personal journey situation. And he, that he cut back his time with them makes me very sad. And then you can't help, but like you said, it's because of a, 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 you know, another woman. It's like your children were here first. These are your children date, date if you want to, but you know, I'm sure that when you were going to date, it's like, okay, on the weekends, I don't have my children. I'll do whatever that I want. On the weekends that I have my children, I'm unavailable. You know, that's technically how. Right. And until you're ready, you're at a point in your relationship where you're serious enough to cohabitate, then then I can see intermingling your lives like that. You know, after a long time, you know that they're right for, right fit for you and your kids. But he he introduced my kids to this woman about five months in, and she has been there with them every not the entire weekend, but every weekend they're up since then. And how do, how does she treat them? How do they say she does? They seem okay with it. You know, they, they say they like her. She has two children similar in age. They say they like them as well. Um, so that, you know, my kids have no complaints about it. Right. But you know, they're also seven and 10. So of course, of course. as, as mature as my 10 year old is, I don't know that she could verbalize, you know, how she really feels about it. So. Right. Of course, if she was being really, if they were being really mistreated, they probably, you feel that they would share that. With oh you. yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. But it is unfortunate that if there are children the same age or close to the same age, this would be a nice you know, if nothing else, if you, if you are going to date her, then bring the, you know, the kids can hang out together instead of what, spend more time with her children and not with your own children. I mean, right. Why? Which is potentially what is happening now because they live in the same town. I'm sure he's over there during the week and he's not seeing his children. And then every other weekend he's probably with her and her children and, I mean, I don't know what her parenting arrangement is, but. Right, right. And so the frustration, like you said, it's not that you want him back. It's not that you still have feelings for him. It's your, uh, the feelings of a mother of my children are not getting the opportunity to be with their parent, with their other parent. And what's more sad than that is that he is choosing that. Right. And then you start thinking, this is the person that I married and, and who is this person? And, you know, you go down that rabbit hole sometimes. Right. 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 So you're feeling a little stuck. You're, you're waiting for the now what to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, I, 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 I totally get that. So I'm just trying to think about what is the best way to to move on from this, you're, you're, one of your things is that you had to go back to full-time work. You didn't, not, not the work, but that particular job was not exactly what you wanted. And because of the parenting schedule, because he's so far away, you don't really have a lot of um, opportunity to look for something that 
might fit better for you. Is that fair to say? Yeah. It was also a matter of needing healthcare, um, for me, not so much the girls, they were on his healthcare policy, but I needed healthcare. And, um, you know, I was trying to make it a better schedule for me and the kids. So I went back to full-time teaching, which is not really what I wanted to do. Um, and it's been very stressful and very difficult and I'm not really in a better financial place because of it. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm feeling very lost and <laughs> right. like you said, like, what is the, the now what? I don't know. I stay, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up because <laughs> I, I tried one thing. It, I couldn't make it work. I'm trying this and I'm trying desperately to make it work, but I don't know that it is. Right. So, and do are you, do you feel like moving or relocating since he's not really even paying as much attention as he needs to be? Would that help your financial situation in any sort of way? I don't know. I honestly hadn't really thought about that. I hadn't really thought about that. I don't, I don't know how the girls would do with that. You know, I worry about their, you know, they, they've, They've had a tough journey too, you know, um, between the, you know, the coinciding, the, the pandemic with the divorce, I think was, was a lot for them, you know, and they've both gone through their ups and downs since then as well. So I don't know how they would handle a move, you know, and having to create a whole social new social network. Right. And I, that I totally get. And Um, From my experience, my son was eight years old when um, my ex and I um, separated, and he's 26 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I talked to him about that that time, and honestly, he doesn't remember much of it at all. Almost none of it. Unfortunately, we had, you know, we we had a nice house, and I asked him about the house, and he goes, I don't remember any of that. I, you know, his, so, I mean, I'm, I don't know that he blocked it out. I don't know that maybe, you know, they, they're living in their own bubble of their age and they're like, we're worried. Cause I obviously was worried. I was a disaster. I was crying all the time and I was a bit of a mess and I was like, yeah, you know, um, and those are things that he doesn't really remember. So that's good. You know, that he doesn't that is, remember. That is encouraging to hear because, um, I definitely, worry about that. You know, I worry about, um, I, I'm a, I'm a wear my heart on my sleeve kind of person. I, it's very hard for me to not show my feelings and my emotions. And I do worry about, you know, the, being upset in front of them and frustrated in front of them. And, you know, is it going to affect them in the long run? And that's encouraging to know that they, that your son didn't remember most of it. I, I often wonder, am I scarring them for life? I hope not. And I, and I would feel, and I felt the same way because I, you know, there was a, um, a few months there that I was, uh, you know, I won't say checked out, but I did move back in with my mom and I had that support, but it was a lot of, uh, a lot of crying and a lot of just, you know, not really accepting what was going on and stuff. And so, you know, other people, um, picked up the slack a little, but also, you know, again, I was the same on my weekends with him, it was us doing our thing and I tried to keep him entertained. But still, when I talk to him about it now, he's like, you know, I remember, he he remembers very little. 
so that's good. So that that makes me feel a little better too, yeah. obviously, because yeah. you know, um, if if that is something to consider, if moving or um, if doing anything like that helps your financial situation so that you can feel like you can, you know, do move into something else. Obviously working a full-time job and then coming up with other jobs when you have the girls, um, um, it's difficult. Do you have family? Do you have family near you? Uh, yes, relatively near. Um, and I have a good, I have a good support system. I, I am very thankful for that. You know, friends, family, my girls, friends, parents who help with, drop-offs and pickups and, and so many things I can't even count. Um, so many favors I owe. Um, <laughs> but going back to the other jobs, I do, I kept some of my part-time work. So I am working, part, I'm working three part-time jobs basically wow. on top of my full-time job. Oh, and I'm still not struggling. Yeah. I'm still not, I mean, I'm paying the bills, but that's it. Sure. I'm right. still, and you know, one of my motivations for going back to this full-time job was, you know, maybe I could take my girls on a real vacation because it's been a really long time and I feel like they deserve it. And I want, would love to do that with them and make some memories that hopefully they'll remember. Um, (laughs) but I don't, I don't know if I could do it. I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to. So that's, it's just so frustrating to be in this situation um, and I know you said like, we're not all, you're not innocent, you know, we all play a role, but, but it's hard not to feel like I was put in this situation, you know? No, of course. And I, you know, especially since you were willing to work at it and he wasn't, I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that yes, we all play a part, but we can all, you know, work on fixing it if, if the will is there, if the will is there. And unfortunately, as much as he seems to be unhappy or was unhappy about his own financial situation, he didn't really think about that beforehand and be like, you know what, we're a unit, we're a family, you know, we, we are not, maybe not surviving, we're thriving together. Let's try and continue to make this work. Right. Right. So uh, I don't, I don't pretend to know how the relationship is with this other person, but you know, maybe she's picking up some of the slack for him. Um, to, you, you just never know. Right. She definitely uh, seems like a doer. She definitely seems like, um, you know, like he, she was decorating, like apparently she was a former interior designer and she was like buying stuff for his house, decorating his house for him. So, you know, it does seem like, um, she's definitely doing a lot for him to help him. So, right. So he's finding that, um, support, whether it's financial or otherwise, he's, it's helping make his life easier. Yes. Even though that should all then also inspire him to then see his children, because then if he's saying, I don't have the time or I can't do it all. Well, you have somebody helping you. Right. Right. And I have nobody. Not that I have nobody. I have, I have support. No, sure. But it's yes, not the same as having someone. A partner. A partner. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I miss that. You know, I just don't. A partner that will help you, give you some support. Right. Right. Yeah. And I miss that. I really do. Um, and, you know, I, I've thought about this a lot over the last two years. Why, 
why have I shed so many tears over this man that I don't even want to be with, you know? And I think it's because I more I'm mourning the loss of the family that I thought we were building, that the the partnership I thought we were going to have, you know? That that's what I'm sad about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is um, a realization that many of us probably get to at some point, which is it wasn't about him. It right. was about the the dream that you created around him. It was right. what you, what you, basically what you thought he would be, what, what you put into him, what you felt this man is going to be this, that, and the other. Not that maybe he was at some point or another, but we believed this about them. And then when it doesn't happen, it's heartbreaking for us. And yes, I mean, you had two children. The plan, obviously, is always we have children. We have a family. We have children. We grow, we, you know, work as a partnership, all of this together. It makes it obviously very hard when that whole falls apart and then it's all left on your shoulders. You mourn what you envisioned your life was going to be not so much the person just right. what they what them being there represented in your life and it sounds like you've gotten to that point which is good you don't make yourself feel bad that you know it was him it wasn't really him when you think long and hard it wasn't really him it could right. have been anybody it was just my my family my family unit is is what i'm mourning mm-hmm. the family unit that i wanted Mm-hmm. And I know that this day and age, prices and things, how they are, it makes it so much harder to deal with being a, a single parent, taking care of a lot of this stuff. Even with, you know, child support, it still makes it uh, very difficult. I know people love to say, oh, but you have child support. And if you actually did the math and wrote down all the hours that you're with your children, everything that they need, everything that they consume, the roof over the head, the car that you drive, the gas to get them here and there, and you divide that up, it's pennies on the dollar. It's pen. It's pennies. It literally is. And all their extra expenses that you end up, you know, like pay for all of their school costs. So any clothing you know, uh, school supplies, uh, field trips, t-shirts, everything, the little holiday shop, the, the book fair, you pay the photos, you pay for all of that. And it adds up, Yeah, adds up over the year. I used to jokingly say, so we, I had a cat, a, a senior cat who was kind of, uh, had some medical issues. And I used to joke right in the beginning of the divorce that half my child support went to the cat, but it really did. I mean, like it was almost half of my monthly oh. check went to right. his special medicated food and his pills and the, this, that, and the other thing, you know? So it's, so really, I mean, right. And then you have right. what, you know, $150, left for the kids, you know, right. for a month. Crazy. And there are people, women out there that might do this, but you know, to sit there and be like, okay, you paid your child support, but then this is extra, this is extra, this is extra. And my goodness, I'm sure that that, um, <laughs> the fight, to have to deal yeah. with getting that is sometimes not even worth it. Oh because- no, and he shut that down real quick. He said that's he said that's all included. It's all included. It's all included. It's all included. I'm still not so sure about that, but I've given up the fight. It is what right. it is. Right. Well, I mean, in your divorce papers, would it say I know it's- that from mine it kind of said a couple things. Some but- of it is vague. 
like school supplies, very vague, very vague. It's not specific in there. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously to get it nice and clear, that just costs more money. Right. You know? <laughs> Which um, we don't have. Right. Exactly. Right. So, it, you know, it's kind of putting you over a barrel. So, so what would you hope could happen next for you? Obviously you want to figure out what, what's the what's next, but right. what would be the what's next for you? What do you feel? What would you wish would be the what's next for you? I wish I could move past my anger and resentment towards him, which I'm working on. Um, I don't know if that includes me having to forgive him. I don't know. I'm still working through that in counseling, but I would like to get to a place where I don't feel any more anger and resentment. I wish I could be in a place where I'm at least content with my life in terms of job and kids and the schedule that I've been dealt. Um, I'm not going to say even happy with that because I mean, you know, you have to work, not going to find a job you love. Um, if I could go back to the jobs I was doing, that would be 10 times better, but I don't know if that's a reality. Um, and I really wish I could, I wish I could find a partner, you know, someone who I could share the rest of my life with. Um, right now that's not the priority. The other two are because I feel like that needs to come first and hopefully someday, that person's out there for me. I don't know. Right. Right. Well, I mean, the resentment definitely is something to work through just so that you're in a good mental space to bring in another relationship because you don't want the lingering feelings you might have for the ex to subconsciously affect a new relationship. Right. Yeah. That would, but um, that would be good, but I'm glad that you are definitely in, uh, in therapy and counseling because, I did many years of therapy and it helped a lot. So that mm-hmm. is very good. You had mentioned that he had brought down your self-esteem a lot. Had Has that been rebuilt? Yeah. Do you feel like you've... Yes. That yeah. is the first thing I tackled in counseling. Um, before I even thought about the idea of dating, That is, that was number one. Um, you know, after the years of being, you know, he my ex was a man of very few words. And when he did speak, it was often to criticize and put me down and judge. Um, and then often use sarcasm to, or humor to cover it up as, Oh, I was, you know, I was just teasing you. I was just joking, but it was, it was constant. It was all the time and just the disrespect. And I just started to feel so alone and so invisible and so small and so insignificant, you know, it wasn't like, outright, um, criticizing my looks or, you know, saying mean derogatory things to me. It was the, the wearing down. It was the slow wearing down over time. And so the first thing I tackled in counseling was rebuilding my self-esteem and I really got to, and I still feel in a place where I know my worth. I know what I have to offer the world. I know um, what I deserve in return. Um, and I won't settle for less. 
So, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's why I haven't found anybody because you have such high standards. But I'm like, well, <laughs> is, are they too high? <laughs> is it ever going to happen? Right. No, I, I think that's great. And I totally disagree. That's the exact point of having the of having your self-esteem. So you don't so you see the red flag. So you know exactly what you want. It will take longer, of course, because if you were just like, hey, anybody that, you know, is going to sit next to me on the couch and watch a movie and whatever. And well, I mean, those will be easy to find. Right. But it's, you know, it's more than that. And and as long as you know that it's you're going to push for it and you'll be better off because you don't want to be in the situation that you are that you were again. Right. Right. So if it takes a little longer to get the quality person that b- deserves to be with you, another quality person, it's worth doing. I've, yeah. I was told that a couple times myself. You're so picky. Why are you asking him so many questions? And I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm going to ask all the questions that I need to ask. And then if that's, if I don't like it and I see one little tiny, tiny, it's not even red flag yet. It's a little pink. I'm out of there. Because <laughs> I don't. I definitely don't want to do that again. So I, yeah. I disagree on that. I don't think that it that it can be too much. You know what's right for you. Yeah. Especially if you've done the work. And that's, you know, that's what, what matters. So, well, I know you still have a way to go, but you're closer than you were a couple of years ago. Yeah, that what is would true. You t- <laughs> what would you tell the you from two years ago now? What advice would you give her? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, worry a lot less about what he's doing. Um, focus more on you. Um, that it's going to be a tough road and you're going to falter at times and that's okay. Because I definitely beat myself up a lot about why am I still harboring on this? Why did I snap at the kids? Why uh, did I let the kids see me cry? You know, I get down on myself for allowing these things to happen, but, you know. It's it's, part of the process. It is part of the process. And I have have, had a friend who I think our friendship is seeing its end. I think it was, you know, a, a... we were friends for a reason at a certain time, but we're just not connecting now. Um, She said something to me to the effect of, you know, like, well, it's, it's been almost two years, you know, like you got to stop, you got to stop doing this to yourself. I'm like, but then I go to counseling and, you know, she's telling me for the number of years you were together, it usually takes you about half that number of years to truly get over someone. I have absolutely heard that. And I do repeat that. Exactly. So you got, you're moving it. Yeah. It's, it's not like it happens like a flip of the switch. It doesn't. Right. And, and I understand what you're saying, you know, in my podcast, it started off as me reading journal entries, you know, that I kept the journal from when I got separated and the podcast was inspired by those journal entries. And sometimes I read it now and I'm embarrassed because it was such a roller coaster and sometimes, and I'm like, why am I still crying for him? Why am I still doing this? You know, one ep- the last episode or the last journal entry, I was saying, 
I need to cut. The, I need to stop talking to him. I need to put boundaries. I need, right. And then the next time I'm over here, well, I I talk to him, and so I'm like, ah. So right. it is a process. It is an right. absolute process. You're gonna have good days. You're gonna have bad. Days. You're gonna do it well, and then you're gonna take two steps back. It is. Yeah. It is absolutely like that. So yeah. it's nothing to beat yourself up about. And that's and honestly, the the podcast has given me some more grace. Like I've been like, wow, I have to recognize when I don't want to read another entry. Cause I'm like, I know it's going to say the same darn thing. You know, I'm like a broken record here. I yeah. go again. I'm sure I'm going to say, well, I missed him today and I want, you know, so I have to be like, that was part of the process. I made it to the other side. And when you make it to the other side, you're going to realize that was part of the process that had to happen to get me here. And every right. time it happened, I did get a little stronger and by the time this is over, hopefully not six years, but still, you know. The, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, you will, you know, you've already seen what you're worth, what your value is, but the, you're going to recognize how strong you were and how, how amazing it is. This is a really difficult thing to go through. Besides death, this is like one of the really biggest painful things and difficult things in your life. And, you know, when you're at the end of it, you're like, I'm badass, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I hope for you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that moment where I can look back at it and right. say, I did all that. I survived all of that and I'm better off for it. Absolutely. You know? And you will. You will. I believe that you will. So I, I want to thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. It was good for me to share and I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything else that you want to, that we maybe didn't bring up that you want to touch on that you want to, I, I guess just, um, like, like you were saying that, you know, this is a process and it's it, all these ups and downs and, and forward and backward is, is normal. You know, like there's times where I doubt it too, but for others who are going through it and doubting it, like this is, we're all going through it. We've all either been through it or going through it. And it's, it's not something you can get over quickly and that's okay. That's okay. And give yourself grace. Yeah. Give yourself grace. Don't beat yourself up about, uh, you know, if I be, am I showing emotion? Am I being too emotional? It's part of the process and you're, you're allowed. This is, this is hard. So you're yeah. allowed. Thank you. Well, <laughs> thank you again for sharing. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Well, I hope that you found that conversation helpful. Maybe you could relate to some of Jessica's story. And I want to thank Jessica for sharing with us. If you would like to share your own chapter checkup, please reach out to me on Instagram. And don't forget to download your copy of the chapter checklist. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And if you found this episode interesting, please consider clicking on that five-star rating and following so you are notified when the next episode drops. As always, thank you for listening and remember, 
Sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.